<laughs> Welcome to Facing Fear with Sarah. My name is Sarah McInerney Hawk. I am your host. I went from 30 flirty and thriving to 30 flirty and surviving. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30, and prior to that, I had faced a lot of fears in life, which led me to creating this podcast in 2019. Fast forward, here we are many years later, and I've interviewed over 100 different guests with many stories of how they face fear while remaining unapologetically authentic. That is what we are here to do, encourage you to live your life unapologetically and authentically. The Facing Fear world recently got a little bit bigger because a new part of it is in the world, and that's my book, my very first book. It's called Does Carcinoma Mean Cancer? It covers the four days between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it, and the funny things that happened in between. Well, you know, funny, happy, sad, etc. It can be found anywhere on Amazon, and it's a graphic memoir, which means it is 70% art, 30% text, and it's 74 pages long. So it's something you could read in one sitting, revisit multiple times because the art has a lot of dual meanings and I'm so proud of it. Go check it out on Amazon or facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book. All right, let's get into this week's episode. out there and welcome back to the Facing Fear podcast. It's me, your host, Sarah. You have heard from me twice now, so it's about damn time. We got a guest in here and I'm super excited for today's guest. So today's guest is Levi Cromer and Levi has been a part of my life in more ways than one. So to give some backstory, in our episode today, Levi is going to talk about how he shifted his career path to becoming a realtor, what it's like working as a realtor in this insanity of a market, and how he helped Jacob and I secure what I can't believe I'm going to say is our dream home. Some background for you, Levi is a lifelong friend of Jacob's. Jacob's parents and Levi's parents actually became really close at Ball State, Chirp Chirp, they all went there. And then Levi's parents and Jacob's parents both went on to have one son each, and so they've been friends since they were actual children. So when we decided to take Levi on as our realtor, I figured, okay, this is a good deal because I know his parents very well. And therefore, if anything goes wrong, I know where to find them and hold this kid accountable. But luckily for us and luckily for Levi, the experience was great. And you can listen to the entire backstory on the episode that I put out before this one. And I highly suggest you do. I am speaking to you now with high energy and a bunch of positivity. But in that last episode, I really like kind of just cut myself open and went deep with you on how I faced the fear of feeling so uneducated, inaccurate, inadequate, (laughs) and just honestly stupid on this subject. So we've grown, we've made moves, we're ready for a new chapter. We freaking did the damn thing. We bought a home. We're so happy. We're so lucky. So anywho, today with Levi, I do want to make a few notes. First, that Levi and I did this podcast outside. This was my first in-person podcast since I I literally can't remember. So we were super excited. It was a beautiful day and we decided to do it outside. Now, I will be honest, my excitement kind of um, brought out some rookie mistakes in me because when you do a recording outside, the sound quality goes down. 
So we had to accept that for what it is. I promise you I've worked hard on doctoring up this interview to make it sound the best I can, but it's not going to be perfect. And you know what? Screw it. Nothing is perfect. So just wanted to give you that heads up. But I am so proud of this episode. Most of the time when I ask guests to come on the show, they're super excited and they love to talk about themselves and it's very easy. But that's not the case for everybody. It's It can be hard to self-promote or share raw and vulnerable stories and do all of that. And so this was such a great challenge for me because Levi definitely has the gift of gab, but when you put a microphone in front of somebody, it can make them really nervous. So it was a great reintroduction for me into the podcast world to make sure that I was doing the best I could to make my guests comfortable and excited and happy and also remind Levi that like, hey, this is a great marketing piece for you. So you should do this for me. And he was very nervous. He wasn't so sure about the whole thing, but I kept working on him, kept working on him, and eventually he agreed to it. And I think he killed it. So Levi, I know you're listening. I think you did an amazing job. I am so excited to help you push your future career forward and just make you the best realtor you can be. And I think that starts with sharing your story. And I cannot wait for your friends and family to hear this as well as hopeful future clients because... I have so much respect for the hard, hard work you've put in to get to this point, and I know that anybody would be lucky to have you as their realtor. So, Levi, you crushed it. I'm so excited to share this, so let's get started. Oh, wait. There's one more thing that I wanted to mention. Levi, at this point, is essentially a brother to me, and you know, when you have that kind of relationship with a person, you have a lot of fun, so you're going to hear us laughing a lot throughout this, but you also give that person a hard time, right? So I saved some bloopers. They're at the end of the episode, so make sure you listen all the way through. We know bloopers are the best because all of us are human. And Levi is hilarious if you don't know him. So make sure you stay tuned to the end for some bloopers. Let's get started. We're sitting outside here at Levi Cromer's house. He lives on the Monon, so we're watching people go past. You can hear the beautiful birds in the background. So I know Levi on more than one occasion. He was not only our realtor to help us get our, I'm going to call it a dream house, but Mm -hmm. also is a lifelong friend of Jacob. So he's been in my life for quite a while. Now we're both in Indy. And you helped us go through this insane chapter of our lives in the most insane market probably the world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. And you still like me. We're still hanging out, even though I've cried. You still like me. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I've cried and bitched and moaned through the whole the whole home buying process. Levi is originally from Noblesville, Indiana. Went to Anderson for five years. For five years. Six years actually. Okay. Six years. I moved to Muncie commuted back and forth for three years did you move there to be closer to us or what was it yeah closer to jacob (laughs) okay yeah uh we actually lived down the alleyway yeah and And our landlords were this was the same landlord yeah three years in months yeah i did my freshman year at at au and then and then did the masters in 10 months okay it was like six years all together okay awesome what was your undergrad in marketing and then um minor and entrepreneurship i'm kind of using both of those now absolutely really coming to fruition finally yes when you were at au did you immediately want to be like all right mba let's do it to be honest it wasn't even on my radar i could do it in 10 months was it hard yeah and i worked full-time you did through it I was just about to be like, well, when I got my MBA, I was working full time and it took me a year and a half, but yeah. shit, you just shut that I down. Did, I did it in 10 months, worked oh, full time through gosh. it. Oh my gosh. I was going to work at 7 a.m. till 10 a.m. 
then I go classes till like three or four. Were they in show person? Show back up at work and work the extra five or six hours or whatever. Come Gosh. home, do my homework, start over again. Well, that's why we didn't see you. <clears throat> right. <laughs> right for that year. Where yeah. were you working at that time? Fastenal. I was the account rep for a prison. So yeah. once you finished with AU, what did you want to do after the master's? I just took what was easiest and stayed there. Stayed at Fastenal. Just was like so relieved. Yeah, yeah. I could work full time <laughs> and, and not have and any not homework. Have school. So I stuck around there for a while, and I knew I wanted to flip a house. I'm gonna focus on that. Bought a house nearby that Fastenal, flipped it, and rented it out to coworkers that I worked with and lived there. And lived there. Yeah. So I lived there. I had I had three roommates and me. So there's four people living there, but there's only a three bedroom. One of my roommates was actually living in the front living room. At the time, I just needed the money. And so Absolutely. I ran with it. So wait, let's go backwards yeah. a little bit. Because at this time, you were like 23. Not that age means everything, but most of the time... When you're in your younger 20s, you're so busy just getting used to life and like you said, freedom and a consistent paycheck and all of that. Mm -hmm. What made you want to dive into a project like this? Because in my early 20s, I was like getting on planes and doing fun stuff on the yeah. weekends. Certainly not trying to gather the money to put down a down payment on a house that needs to be flipped and then recruiting three other roommates. What made you want to go this way? <clears throat> Great question. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> I always knew passive income was king for me. So who taught you that? I I was a business major. Okay. So, so you're paying I attention. Guess through, I guess I paid attention to one Good of my classes. You. you know. I ask uh, you that so bluntly because, and I've said this a few times, but I feel like I had a really lack of education on financial management. Now I was taught don't spend more than you make, but that was it. I thought, well, how can I get passive income? Mm -hmm. And you can start a business you can hire people out you can i mean just there's a lot of other things that take more startup money than just buying a house and so all i needed was 10 percent down payment on a house and i could start passive income renting it out and i knew i had people that i could ask to rent it out everything kind of fell in place so you get together the down payment buy the house it's yours now and between the four of you I guess we'll say the three of them mm -hmm. paid the mortgage without really your help. Yep. Yeah. My mortgage was eight seventy a month, five hundred each. So you did more than yeah. make the mortgage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. And then flipped it. How did you flip a house with four people living in it? It was tough. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thank God my roommates were okay with it. Yeah. It, it was just me and my dad. They'd be living in the house playing video games watching movies and we'd like, just be walking sorry. through with baseboard yeah, on our shoulders and <laughs> yeah it was tough but but we made do and uh thankfully they were cool with it and how long from when you bought the home flipped it had craziness people around to selling it two years one day why so specific because uh <clears throat> you can dodge the capital gains tax if you wait two years Okay. So explain that in um... capital gains tax. <laughs> any so say you bought the house for a hundred. Okay. You sell it for a hundred fifty. All right. Two years later, right? You have to pay capital gains tax on that fifty thousand dollars worth Just of profit. Just the fifty. Just okay. the fifty. The profit. The, okay. The gains. Yeah. If you sell it two years in a day after, you don't have to pay any taxes. So, so what is the limit? Is it under? Oh, you have to go over two years. You have to be there. Okay. Yeah. Can't do it in a year and a half, nine months. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So why is that? Do they want people to slow down and yeah. not like go? I think it's to try and capitalize off of flippers. A lot of flippers will yeah. flip a house in six months, and they can at least tax that capital gains. Okay, get, government is everywhere. It is. <laughs> They'll find a way to tax it. Yep. Any any way <laughs> they can. It's my job to try and find a way. Yeah. To get so out of two it, so. two years and one day. Uh, moved back in with my parents. I didn't okay. have a place lined up, so right. I know a lot of people. Well, then, like, oh, crap, now I've got to turn around and mm-hmm. buy. Um, I was lucky enough to just, uh, all of my stuff was in the garage, so they parked in the driveway. Oh, nice. You know, moved back <laughs> into my parents' basement. It was about five months. What was that time period like? That was fun. They're great. Myron yeah, and Elise are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Her mom's the best cook. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. So that's easy. I loved it. <laughs> I kept joking around. I'm going to stay. Yeah. I'm not even going to buy another yeah. house. I'm just going to stay. Was that your next motivation? Is like I'm gonna be here just temporarily while I while yeah. I look. I'm still working full time. Yeah. Well, I needed somewhere else to put all my stuff other than their garage. <laughs> yeah. At some point, I gotta do yeah. something. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just to really find that. It gave me the time to find the next best value, right? So I was trying to buy something that was a perfect flip. I didn't want to mm. buy something that was already renovated. Okay. So then I'm looking for location found this one on the Monon in Carmel. Built in 1964. Okay. Had a one owner. So I'm the second owner wow, of this house. Wow, okay. And therefore all of the updates, well there are no updates. Yeah, when, yeah, so when you are, got So everything's it, right? from the 1960s. Yeah, okay. So it's the, it was the perfect candidate. So mm-hmm. that's why I was, you know, that five months was just spent. Taking your time. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of where I fell in love with like being a realtor because I saw the realtor how much he helped me yeah you know it helped me buy my first house helped me sell my first house and then oh, that five person? months yeah we oh, probably looked awesome. at 30 different houses oh my gosh and that's why i was like man i could do this oh that's awesome and i was itching for that information that he had what what do you see you mm-hmm. know so oh that's so cool going back to the first house do you mind sharing what you bought it for and what you sold it for um yeah i bought it for 87 sold it for 172. <gasps> that is so badass. Yeah. The family that bought it for me just resold it a month ago. <gasps> really? Yeah. How did you know that? Did you stay in contact with them or I just kind of watching it? I look I look at properties oh, all, day long. <laughs> all day long. All day long. So that one came across my radar. Oh my god. That's my old oh house. My they resold it for 225. Wow. So from 172 to 225 in 2 years. It's cool because we saw like my dad and my work yeah, we're still on, there like that's on the, the they didn't change called, anything um, on the listing on the listing yeah Thank you. oh i would have been like i did that i know my hands were there so it shows kind of it's a testament really to our work a little yeah. bit because it resold again for a much higher value and, and they didn't change anything right so. okay so what an awesome thing not only financially but also kind of like heartstring wise watching what you guys did make an impact not only for yourself but for somebody else Okay, so then you were home for five months, had the same realtor the whole time, which I'd be curious now as you are a realtor, how do you start to form a relationship where you actually trust the realtor? Um, But I know people sometimes have dicey relationships with realtors. So what were good indications that made you stay with this person? First off, I mean, I was just a random, like I requested a realtor. Mm -hmm. Didn't have one, didn't know of anyone really close to me that was a realtor. So this was just like potluck. He had rentals and he had done flips too in Anderson. So I liked that, that he could, you know, he would walk into a house and see what could be done, know about the cost that it would take 
and really thoroughly looked at the house where I feel like a lot of other realtors might not have. Mm -hmm. Or he also would tell me, you don't want this one. Yeah. You know, look at all this. Look at the foundation. Look at the bricks out here. You know, just he would point out a bunch of wrongs. And we go to 20 different houses and, and he would point out bad stuff at 15 of them. I really gained trust that way by just him being straight up like this one isn't a moneymaker. This one isn't for you. And he, you know, really guided me through that. So when he found this, the first house, it was actually one that he was about to list. And he said, hey, before I list yeah, it. Yeah, that's nice. So yes. he knew that personal connection. I said, perfect. Yeah. Um, once he sold it for that much of, of a profit. I was even more like, well, obviously I'm going to keep using yeah, you as I'm my sure realtor. Yeah, I'm he thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, I'll stick with this guy. Uh, yeah, he's like, I think you're my favorite client. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so, yeah, he did a good job. And and he was always available to show a listing. And he was always just there to, like, answer any questions. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm really trying to emulate is, like, my availability. Yeah. And, like, if someone texts me. I want to try and reply within an hour. Yeah. You know, I don't like to keep people waiting. So there's anything that I'm bad at. That's what I at least know that I'm good at is Mm -hmm. responding quickly. I would totally agree. And I mean, like we're sitting here on a holiday weekend. It's a stunning day. It's finally not insanely humid. Yeah. And you have plans this weekend. You're going somewhere and you're going to see one place 45 minutes away. True. At 7:30 p.m. 7:30 p.m. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a dedicated. Showed some commercial right space this morning. Then we get into the second home on the Monon. You said it was a great find. So tell us about what you have done so far here. Um. Well, we're pouring concrete right now. Yeah. Backyard. Right behind us. Extending the patio. We're gonna build a new. I'm calling it a one nigh. What is that? Yeah. It just sounds fancy. <laughs> so sophisticated. Yeah. Flipped everything besides the main bathroom. Wow, is that so, really it? That's it. That's Did you like do carpet, paint carpet everything? In the, carpet in the bedrooms, painted the whole house. Did you? New baseboards, painted, uh, redid the kitchen. That was big, the kitchen. That was is the biggest stunning. project. That's the biggest project oh, I've it's done. It's so pretty. Yeah, thank you. New floors throughout the house. Yep. And then we're we're I'm redoing the bathroom right now in my bedroom, and then have one more bathroom left. You keep saying I or we. I being a lot of it. How the hell do you learn? I being some of it. I being some of it. But I need to give credit to, I mean, my roommate Quinn. Yeah, we love Quinn. He did our floor. Exactly. With you, with Jacob, for 18 hours over a weekend. Uh Um, And then my dad. My dad stops by. How does he know how to do this stuff? Beats me. Being a dad? Beats me. I don't know. (laughs) He used to work for Habitat for Humanity. He's, he did? He's helped build houses from scratch. Cool. He's just a go-getter. Oh, my God. He, he learns everything. Like, for either of you, it's not a professional line of work. It's just learn as you go. It's starting to become that way. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's starting to. Uh, we're getting confident enough where we're starting to do projects for other people. Ooh. So, other thing, I'm trying to build, like, a, you know, part, portfolio of, of projects that I can do. I think people people have a lot of fear in trying to buy something that might not be crossing off their perfect agenda or look the way they want to look and the home improvement, the DIY scares the shit out of them. So Mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you have when you can't lay down two, three hundred thousand dollars for the marble countertops and the perfect flooring? Like what 
what way can people overcome their fear to start DIY projects in their homes? Well, I mean, I guess you look at the alternative. So what's the, <laughs> the alter- price tag? what's the alter- well, what's the alternative of taking on a house and and putting some money to into it and flipping it? Rent. It's renting. And how long are you gonna do that for? And then they they keep raising the rents. I completely get it. If you're scared, then rent is a good option for you. But if you take on a little risk, it can really pay off. Uh, what you don't know, then you can hire out for. I say go for it. You know, even if you don't know how to do it, if you it's kind of cool just putting the design that you created for it. You get to pick out the floors, the paint, the fixtures, the vanities, you know. Yeah. Even if you're not installing it and you're paying someone, it's cool to kind of design that and and then see it when it's all finished. Yeah, I dreaded that for a long time because I thought, oh, all these little tools and all these things are really expensive. And it does add up really quickly because to paint, you don't just need a paintbrush and paint buckets. You need, Uh what's the thing called that you roll it in? Uh, rolling tray rolling tray you need multiple of those you need tarps to cover the things so it is really intimidating but i do have to admit the many hours we spent painting our entire house it is very cool to see now and Mm -hmm. just like anything else you do that you think is going to take forever whether it's an education or getting a certificate or doing these things we don't like to do and it's so much of our time but now jacob and i are like a week past our painted home and i'm like i'm so glad we did that ourselves you know and in the moment i was like this is brutal this is really hard should i wish i was rich enough to hire for this and like what job can i get where i can Mm -hmm. hire people but now we're a week past and i'm like oh I'm so glad we did that ourselves. It, it probably means more to you that you did it yourself. You can actually reflect on what all you did and you care for more. You know every inch of that house now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> From the floor to the ceiling, okay, all so, the imperfections yeah. that you think other people notice, they don't. Yeah, You were right. up close and personal with it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. What was it in you that made the jump from renting to taking on essentially a fixer-upper? I know somebody called it that the other day. They were over helping us and they Instagrammed it. I was like, oh shit, can we call that this? That's I would. Crazy. I would because it needed flooring and needs updates. Yeah. It, you know, I would yeah. call it a fixer up. Which, like, in my heart right now is such an honor because you took it on. In 2020, when we were stuck at home and looking around our walls, Jacob and I decided to get some like heavier painting. I remember arguing because where Jacob and I kind of have opposite personalities, I give up super quickly when I get frustrated and he will carry it out and try a different way and have a positive, nice attitude. (laughs) Oh my God, bless him. Um, And I remember we were trying to like hang this some way and we didn't have the tools. And so Jacob was like, I'm just going to use these tiny little nails. And I was like, it's going to fall, blah, blah, blah. But I bring this story up because I remember being like, he and I can't even hang a painting. How will we ever get a home that's not perfect? And now watching us do the things we're doing, watching him paint and get the supplies and tell me what to do and watching the flooring go down and the carpet go in um, and all we've done so far, it's uh, pretty wild. So I say that and um, will you actually make that not do that? <laughs> Bye, right? Because I can. In my pocket. Yeah, it's fine. I say that because... A year ago, we could barely hang a fucking painting, mm-hmm. and now we've painted we've painted the whole house. And it's not a small house, but and it's not a huge house, but it's there's a lot of space to be painted in there. So, anywho, over that was like a huge fear of we'll never be able to take care of anything. Okay, so what made us get over the fear to stop renting? We attempted to buy a home in 2018. We were underfunded, undereducated, and then we had a realtor who was kind of the opposite of your guy. 
Uh, but we were vastly uh-huh. underfunded. And I say that and because in a lot of these episodes, I've talked to people who there's so many different ways to get a loan, all that. So I'm not, I don't want to give the perception of uh, we would have, you know, you can't do it. You can do it with almost any amount of money. You just got to figure out the tools. So anyway, we didn't even know anything about the tools. We were very naive. And then our realtor was definitely not on our side. I mean, we looked at homes in Broad Ripple and Irvington, which are a lot of fixer uppers, Mm -hmm. a lot of crazy old homes. Mm -hmm. Every basement is a dungeon where you will die of flooding. Surely Mm -hmm. everywhere's a floodplain in Broad Ripple or Irvington. So (laughs) I say that because she knew we were first time buyers, not super handy ourselves, but we still kept looking in these areas. I wish she would have been like, guys, I, I know you think this is cute. You're going to go out with your friends, but reality is like, this is not for you. I remember looking at one home where you could see water stains on the drywall in the basement and she was still selling it to us. And I'm the dumbest of dumb about buying a home and what it is supposed to look like. And I saw that Uh and pointed it out to her. So that whole experience was pretty scarring. The other thing we did was we backed up trying to get a home with our lease renewing. That was hell on earth because we were trying to negotiate with the apartment to give us a little bit more time while we were about to get this home. Thank God we didn't. But anywho, so 2018, disaster. We went back to the drawing board, put our heads down, saved a lot. So to bring it back to your question of why we eventually made the jump, we had much more to work with. Mm-hmm. We knew what we wanted way more. We mm-hmm. knew we, what part of town we wanted to be in. Our fence around that was pretty strict, which is so much more helpful than maybe this, maybe that, maybe this side of town. No, pick a fence and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then honestly, a large part of it was you becoming a realtor because if you're going to trust anybody, it's your husband's childhood friend Mm -hmm. whose parents know us very well. So we can find you if things went wrong. (laughs) You know where I live. And even though you are a rookie in this new industry, I would have bought a house underwater if you said it was a good (laughs) idea. Um, because we trust you, we know you, and because of your flipping experience. Um, so that was a huge part of it, which is why I'm also helping Levi kind of with some, uh, professional branding. I want him to talk more about the flipping experience because, Mm -hmm. you know, you almost have x-ray vision when so many other realtors don't have that. Yeah. I mean, at some things, like when I saw a house that could work for you, I had the utmost confidence because I know how to fix the problems now. Like I'm, I'm learning more and more what it takes. To bring it back to your question specifically about renting, what made mm-hmm. us, what made us make that? Well, I remember job. you made a pros and cons list. Yeah, I'm I sure remember I did. seeing that. <laughs> Lots of lists. Yeah. <laughs> With like tears on it, I'm yeah. sure, because the well, whole thing is just so emotional. From the picture me. I saw, the pros was just. A longer list than the cons. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Um, I just needed somebody else to look at that and repeat it back to me. Yeah. Be like, come on, do this. Yeah. But I, it was also, again, the person who we were talking to, which was you, and then doing the math, which you helped us with, of, okay, this is what it's going to take for a down payment and future mortgage, mm-hmm. versus if you guys stay here for another 12 months, it's actually going to be more expensive mm-hmm. to stay in the apartment than get a home. And that's just so not what you think. And so a part of me doing this whole series is to break preconceived notions of renting is the way to go if you don't have a lot of money. Um, And that was one thing that my little brain couldn't just not wrap around until you laid out the math for us. So the final thing that made us take the jump is we were just ready. We'd been in the apartment for a long time. After COVID, it did influence us that we wanted more space. And we were excited to commit to Indianapolis. Uh, We both love it here. Neither of us grew up from here. Neither of us have family here. 
And so that also validated to us, like, we're choosing to be here. We're not doing it out of anybody else's convenience. And so committing to Indianapolis, knowing we were going to stay, like, we might as well invest. And so Mm. we finally did. So let's go back to your story of when you left your original job. No, let's talk about you some more. (laughs) Hey there, it's your host, Sarah, jumping in to let you know that Facing Fear is more than a podcast. There is social media presence on Facebook and Instagram at Facing Fear with Sarah. So make sure you go like both of those accounts so you can keep up with everything and see some inspirational, exciting, hard things because making a podcast is quite challenging and get a little bit more behind the scenes and learn more about the guests. There is also a newsletter that you can subscribe to. It's only once a month. I am not about that life of clogging your inbox. That's for sure. You can subscribe to that on the website at facingfearwithsarah.com. Also, while you're there, go check out the Facing Fear merchandise. I have you hooked up no matter what season it is or where in the world you live. There's everything from ball caps to tank tops, crop tops, cropped sweatshirts, to stickers and little things like that. So you can really show your Facing Fear pride any way you want and be able to support the show. I am a one-man run podcast over here. Whoa, excuse me. One woman run podcast. And I've invested time and money into this. So if you get if you get any value from the show, I would love for you to support it in whatever way you can. I really appreciate it. And go check it out. Facingfearwithsarah.com. All right. So now you flipped one home. You've Let's moved into the second home. You are excited about this home for flipping possibilities, great location. What made you want to become a realtor and stop doing and being in the industry you were in? Yeah. Back in college, we had to shadow people as part of assignments throughout like my freshman year and then my senior year. Both times I selected a realtor. Oh, on purpose? I I called someone up. I don't know. Hmm. I was just drawn to it then. All right. When I was younger, middle school age, We'd be at restaurants all the time. I was like, I could be a server. I want to be a server. Okay. And I just went with that. I've served at six different restaurants. <laughs> you know? So it was kind of like that, too. It was like, I could be a realtor maybe okay. someday. I always had it in the back of my mind. It is a lot of customer service. So I could see the transition from mm-hmm. what drew you to be a waiter. You're outgoing. Yeah. Um, now I was outside sales at Fast and All. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have this kind of around. similar personality just traits leading sales. you from one thing to another. Well, what I like about this is less of working for another company it's more working for myself yeah. so i monitored entrepreneurship yeah. only because i was told it was stupid to major in it but that's what <laughs> i wanted that's was cool to kind of start my own business so this gave me the opportunity of that marketing coming to play for as, as a realtor yeah. where you're not really marketing yourself as a server yeah i could totally see how this came together yeah. but specifically there's always a challenge in leaving one industry for another so how did you make that transition i saved for a long time awesome. like I, I saved up okay i wanted to quit my job a year beforehand and realized nope i'm not ready to quit and be a realtor just yet so i saved up for another year just kept working cubicle job now at this point after i was outside sales i moved to indianapolis i was working in a cubicle uh, it was a promotion but mm-hmm. it was it's what i missed that you know i missed talking to people going out about having a different view every day not punching in a clock to leave for lunch Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um 
there's a little passion over paycheck for you because you definitely. got the paycheck, but you were like, ugh. Oh, this definitely. is not it. That's really yeah. cool to recognize that and have that self-awareness. But I still knew I had to put in the work still just to get to the point where I could leave. So so then I, I got closer and closer. Okay, now I can start taking classes on the side. Okay. That's six months right there. Yeah. Online classes during COVID. So actually it was easier. That's good. I didn't have to travel somewhere every yeah. night. Test is no joke. That separates really? a lot of people from even doing it because I took it three times. Did you? I was going to ask, can I you passed, take it more than one? I passed or? the national the first time. Okay. Failed the state twice. Finally wow. passed on the third. And I'm sure it costs every damn oh. time, right? Oh yeah. Of course. There's the government again. Oh yeah. I take a small loan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of people doing it 10, 15. Wow. Okay. Okay. Once I pass, okay. I'm still not ready to quit my job though. Was doing both for three months, January, February, March, okay. April, four months. It's hard. It's hard to do both. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, I, I had used sick days. I was taking too long of lunches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when we first started with you, because we started passively looking in like January, February, right, with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember even I would call him and he would be like, um, "Hello," and I'm like, "Hi, I have this question." But yeah, that it's yeah. We got a schedule showing on my time. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. quitting allows me to be on your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's it's obviously such a grind when you're trying to transition from one into the other. But I'm all about. I love watching people take risks and go for their dreams, but there's something to be said for a safety net, kind of like we were talking about inside before we came out Very here. Very similar. You know, you guys try yeah. to realize that you weren't ready. Let's make a game plan, let's save up, and Mm -hmm. let's try again. So now fully transitioned, tell us about what it's been like to be a full-time realtor. Hmm, Well, the first, like, month, I was sleeping in. (laughs) It was like summer break. (laughs) (laughs) Staying up late. I'd make some calls and go to showings, Mm -hmm. but finally at the point where I set my alarm, I have a schedule. Now it's, it's getting so chaotic that my schedule is full, you know, to the hour. This is what I'm doing this hour. This is what I'm doing this hour. Yeah. I stick to it. So. That was a big part of it is learning that, oh, I need to have my own schedule. Otherwise, you're just going to fail. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. What has it been like in this market? I mean, I feel like I've been dramatic about it because we were on the, I would say, the short end of the stick in this market because it's a seller's market. So I feel like sometimes through my Instagram stories and my own personal experiences, I've been a little bit dramatic. So from somebody who's professionally in this field, what, like... You're dramatic? (laughs) I think so sometimes, yeah. (laughs) What has it been like to join this field in the craziest time it's seen in a long time? It's interesting. I think it's actually making me a really good realtor. Yeah? For anyone that doesn't have to endure this for buyers. Yeah. You know, if I can close deals in this market yeah, imagine what it'll shit. be like in a few years if the market switches and it's a buyer's market mm-hmm. you know so it's giving me good practice for yeah that's a great way to look at it yeah what it's like now okay so specifically giving more insight to jacob and i's journey um we put down four offers do you think that's above average below or right at average nowadays it's different for everyone probably average mm-hmm you hear about people putting 15, yes. 20, 25, 30, I have 30. friends. For me, 
personally, like you're you're actually the most offers I've put in for someone. Oh, so far. Yeah. Wow. Well, good thing that we put you to the grind because yeah. <laughs> at least you like us. Yeah. Um, our first offer was on a beautiful, what I would have called perfect house. Besides the fact it had a tiny kitchen, it was in a awesome location, the most beautiful outdoor backyard. In a cul-de-sac. In a cul-de-sac. It was a pretty color. The outside of the house was that pretty teal color, which sounds so ugly, but it was a very pretty color. And so we saw it that day. How many other people do you think were there when we saw it? It's probably <laughs> yeah. at least 10. Yeah, you it know, was probably... Uh, I remember when we were walking out just feeling so defeated because the next car that pulled up was some like tricked out Mercedes Benz and these two old, old people got well, out. They're going to be cash buyers. Yeah, and Levi's like, yeah. sorry, but this is probably not for you because they're going to come in and just lay down cash. Uh, so we, we wrote a letter, did that, made it look pretty with my little design skills, and then found out we didn't get it. I would advise buyers, especially in this market, to remain as emotionally numb Mm-hmm. as you can it's tough yeah it's tough it's really tough because it's so much money it's your future it's your literal dwelling but with that until first, you close yeah that's why even even after yes. it's accepted yes so with this first one i was like so we wrote this pretty letter levi was super impressed with it and we put down a hefty offer and I even went as far as stalking the people who own the house on social media without friending them or doing anything that would give them up. I ended up seeing that the wife was a friend of a friend. I texted her and she was like, oh, she's a great person. I never reached out to them directly because that would be creepy. But I was so emotionally invested of being like, these are the perfect people to hand it over to us. Um, this will be great. They're a younger couple like us. And what did we, 48 hours later, it was like, thank you so much for coming to see this. How many offers? Was Wasn't it 20 or 30? On that first one, it was. It no, was... how many viewings was it? Like <clears throat> oh, I don't, I 30 don't or 40 it, viewings yeah. and like 17 offers, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that was a real slap in the face after I was sitting there daydreaming on my little laptop yeah. and matching the letter color reality to the check. outside of their home. Oh, what a fucking waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a waste of time. Yeah, that was a good reality check. So we moved on. And it, to move on, even from that is hard because you start picturing yourself in this house and getting it and manifesting it to come to fruition. And then it doesn't. Well, then, you have to and, start from and what's, zero. what's tough is then a lot of people may want to like maybe we should just rent yeah you stuck with it if you have that determination to keep okay we'll find another one that's an i'm gonna make an offer on a house so if it doesn't go through i'm trying to get you to think like okay there's more out there we will find one yeah you know yeah and that's just that don't is... give up because it is a process and the more that you do emotionally invest in it on that first one the worse it is the more you want to give up when you don't get it too yeah, yeah. so it's just trying to keep you calm cool collected and that's a part of your job which was very helpful that you did that which brings us to the second one which was the condo right yeah so Levi and I go see this condo and blech, boo, it sucked. It was gross. It was tiny. It was super dark. There were no windows. But then while we were literally there, you found another condo, same division, three or same subdivision, excuse me, three bedroom, beautiful kitchen. So we set up, we look at that one. I got emotionally invested again. And would you like to tell your side of the story of what happened when we were making that offer? Uh, is that the one where you cried? Yeah. Is that what you're getting to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, I remember the listing agent called back and said, you know, we've received your offer. It's competitive. 
which is in this market, you're like, <gasps> It's yes. competitive. You're only competing with two more offers right now. There were some others. They've already fallen to the wayside. It's you and these two offers. Now the question is, how much money do you want to pay over the appraisal value? And that's where, you know, I can't speak for you, but okay, exactly. let me talk to the buyer. Yeah. I'm at Fast and All. Yeah, you were still at your I'm other still, job I was still time. at my other job um. in the break room trying to talk you through it. <laughs> I literally so, put Levi through hell. Oh, and also the listing agents, like, you've got two hours to It was decide. a two-hour period, you and it was the two fastest hours. two hours of my life. We're going to make a decision by 3 o'clock. Yes. So Middle you of your workday, yeah. my workday. Yeah. I was actually at my office, too, because yeah. I've been, you know, a little hybrid through the summer. I mean, um, if I didn't quit, I was going to get fired, because I was just in the break <laughs> room going me. back and forth through. <laughs> literally so. consoling me so uh, that's i'm glad that you remember that i'm not glad that you remember that terrible time but, but you tried to call jacob yes. we tried to get him and he, we're in this group text so everything's you know Between laid the out three there of for us yeah uh jacob's at work too unavailable he's way more unavailable than me mm -hmm. working with kids and being on their time and emergencies happen yeah. all the time in um middle schools so, okay, I'll pick it up from here. So we put in for this condo. Again, here we are in this crazy market where we're going over the brink of our cliff for a condo. How much was it over list? Was it 20, I don't, I don't remember the numbers now. Over list, I think? Is what we said. Appraisal cash is what we were Right, so um, then they're worried about that appraisal with. gap. Will you pause and explain that? Because I think that's not normal in this market. Usually you would just put in an offer under value. That, those days sure, are long gone. Sure, Well, say it's listed for 250 people make an offer for 350. They'll go 100,000 over. If they're not cash buyers, then it requires a loan. Now the bank needs to have that asset appraised so they can make sure that what they're loaning someone is legitimate for the price of that asset because they're not gonna give a loan for a $250,000 house that's not worth it for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Because right. you, as the seller, you and your <clears throat> realtor set that sale price. The mm -hmm. bank doesn't set that. Nobody right. looks at your home and says this right. is what you're allowed to set it for. Which I actually think is so messed up. Imagine <laughs> if we went into the grocery store and they said, "Well, we think these eggs are good. We haven't opened them, but we think we're good." Oh my god. But with a home, you get to just say, we think it's worth this. Uh -huh. Oh, and you as a seller can pay for the appraisal and the inspection and then pay what we think it's worth. Sure. I think it's such BS. It if hurt. you want to sell your home, you do the inspection. You tell us what it's actually Not in this worth. Market. Exactly. Not so in this anyways, market. I just wanted to kind of like draw that around. So yeah okay so when we were making this offer on this condo we went over the asking and mm -hmm. said we would go over i think we said like four grand in cash over the appraisal of whatever it comes up to right. whatever it was at the price that we offered that there would be enough. an appraisal gap because they yes. thought the appraisal would come in under maybe 15 shy what of what said. you offered yes so well how much of that so then it's negotiation after that yes uh how much of it is paid by the seller how much is paid by the buyer yeah do you split it yeah. Or does, is that where it ends? Mm -hmm. You know, is that where the deal ends? Because you can't negotiate who's paying the appraisal gap. Yes. And then it just goes back on the market. And nowadays there is no splitting. It's if you want this house, you pay for the whole thing. Yeah, can be. So yeah. bringing it back to a very sad day for me sitting at my office. So, so I'm calling you and I'm saying, how much are you willing to pay to in over. cash yeah. over the appraisal value? And now let me say why it was so awful for me. We were already going over. I don't think mm -hmm. we didn't go over our budget, but we were going well over asking. So Here that was already freaking me out. 
And this is a huge life decision for Jacob and I because in this market, you don't know how many chips you have to push in. At this point, a little bit more knowing what I'm doing, but still not really felt so, I felt so stupid in the moment because I had no confidence to make this decision without him. I called, we left our parents out of this whole shabam altogether, which is a huge piece of advice I would give anybody, leave everyone out of it. But I ended up calling my mom because I was so desperate, she didn't answer. And then I'm sitting there crying with Levi because I couldn't make a decision. I'm so frustrated. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to risk our whole future. And yeah. again, we were talking about like five, six, seven thousand dollars. It wasn't that. No, insane. Wasn't, it wasn't that. I remember we, land, we landed on four. Yeah, we landed on four thousand. It was just the pressure of is this condo worth this? Because we're going right. pretty far. That's to our I, I, I didn't pressure you. That's why I was like, let's yeah, stick no, you with were something super that's. Great. Let's stick with something that you're comfortable with. We move on. Yeah. We find another one. But. No, you were so, so great. Thank God for your little break room and consoling me because I was openly just crying at my desk. And I have cube walls, thank God. You but I'm need sure... to give me a number because I have yeah. to get back to work. <laughs> exactly. Like on the other so. one, you're that meme with like the vein down the forehead. You know, <laughs> that was you. Yeah, I, called, I called the listing agent. She said, oh, only four? Oh, we just got someone that was going to pay 15000 over the... See ya, click. Later. So yeah, I call so. you back. I'm like, yeah, you can wipe up your tears. We're not going to get that. We're going to be moving on. Exactly. So that was our, that just to show like that kind of illustrates my point of you really have to emotionally remove yourself and just use logic. And for someone who's like me, I know many of you out there are like me where you hinge a lot of um, thought and emotion on these next steps in your life. It's really, really hard. But so God bless you for that. Third one um, will be real short and sweet for sale by owner. Levi was bugging the crap out of this guy. Jacob and Levi really, really liked. But looking back now, thank God we did not get that place. It was a huge piece of property. So much grass for us to mow after not doing any outdoor maintenance while we were renting. And then he ended up saying, hey, never mind. And then so that was our third offer. And then our fourth offer was the home we have now. Jacob and I got married a second time, so to say, April 17th, 2021. It was our rescheduled party from eloping in May 2020. We go to the wedding, Levi's in the wedding, which was great, super fun. We had a great time. And then Sunday, it was back to work on mm -hmm. finding a house because you just can't stop. So we looked at, I think, like three or four houses. Uh, remember the pink one? Ugh. We looked at our home we have now and another one I don't remember. Um, and the one that we have now, it was so attractive because it was in a cul-de-sac, which mm -hmm. we loved. It had a great kitchen. And we put in an offer that night and it was day after a wedding. All three of us were probably hungover, but this is just what you have to do if you want a house nowadays. Not a lot of negotiation with that one, right? Well, I mean, you can't well, there, almost, what, what, I mean, yeah, what were the share finer details? How much you went over appraisal value, four other offers. Okay. And we came in at the top four, so we at least knew that. Yep. Uh, he said, now there's one other offer. Then it was just us and somebody else, right? So I'm going back and forth yeah. with this listing agent. And of course, you know, you're beating around the bush a little bit. They're not revealing too much yes. of what it is, but they asked the same thing. What can they pay over appraisal value if there is an appraisal gap? Because we went 21000 over list price again. Yep. How much of that are they going to pay over the appraisal gap? Yeah. And this one, you wanted way more than the condo. Yeah. You're experienced now. Yes. Like, we're going to get it. So we went, we said we would go $11,000 over appraisal uh -huh. in cash. It appraised and saved us $1,000. <laughs> Which, yeah, in this market, one. we were like, amazing, yeah. let's go out to dinner. <laughs> 
So, yeah, we walked right up to our line, though. You know what was awesome is we didn't go over it. Mm -hmm. uh, we almost went over it with the for sale by owner one. Uh, but right now, a lot of people are going over their lines, and there's good reason to do that sometimes. You know, maybe you have a family, you have to have four bedrooms, you have to have the school district. For us, we weren't so tied to things like that, but sure. we wanted a home, and we really saw this place as cosmetic people, people potential. Have to move. A lot, yeah, a lot of people or that. have to move, yeah. like, or they're paying rent again, or they need to get to a good school district by the school day start, yeah, or so just so many different things. Their job starts in another city somewhere. Point of us bringing that up is just there's a lot of um, things that are tied to people making these large, large offers. Yeah, but for us, so we walked right up to our line. Nice. Yeah. Didn't love that we had to put all that cash down because it was hard to let go of that when that could have went towards renovations, towards our down payment. We actually had to bring down. The percentage of how much we put down we we were hoping to put down 10 percent on our down payment we had to put down five because mm -hmm. we had to give up all that money in cash so that being said to kind of bring everybody full circle here we had to make some sacrifices but kind of like you said at the beginning of this having a long-term investment and an asset can be very worth it and so far i think it's been absolutely worth it and we're moved in all the flooring is down so we can finally fully unpack and I'm so excited. We've been nothing but so welcomed to the neighborhood. But anyways, we did it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so proud of you. We're very thankful to you too. I just want to ask you, we did it. We made it to our finish line. We're so happy. We can't wait to have you and your dad over 5.7 million times. We're never to, coming back. <laughs> yes, you are. To help us do. You're done now. A bunch You're on your own. No, no, no. Never let go. To do a bunch of things we need done or fixed or handled or we don't know what's going on. But we will have the Cromers with us for a long time. So to kind of draw this to a close, what advice do you have for either DIYers? Because you have that whole experience or people who are buying homes, because now you're doing that professionally. Well, it never hurts to save up some money. Saving, make some saving. kind of saving strategy. For a first okay. time home buyer, that's, yes. that's what I would say. Yes. Save up as much money as you can to where you have a comfortable down payment, everything costs twice as much, takes twice as long, right? Amen, okay. we know it. <laughs> so save up more than what you're thinking that you'll need. Yeah, and you know? have an emergency savings on top mm -hmm. of all that. It's painful, it takes a long time, Chef, but. I mean, I'm just being as real as possible. I'd say lower your expert your expectations. Yes. Lower your expectations. I would totally agree with that. Um, I'd say if you're pre-approved for 250,000, buy a $150,000 house. I'd ask for help from family members if you can. It's a big life experience. Find so. your trusted circle. Sure. Because don't just assume it's mom and dad. Really think about who you're going to let help you with this. Mm -hmm. Because it was different when mom and dad bought a home. The first thing my dad asked me when we got our home, I was able to tell him in person we got the home. Did you get a deal? Excuse me, sir. Have you been living under a rock? No, we did not get a deal. We confidently overpaid, but yeah. that's what you have to do nowadays. So mm -hmm. I would say consciously think about who you're going to ask for help from. Yeah. First step, find a realtor that you like, that you trust. The realtor is the first step in the process because the realtor has the lender, the insurance agent. The realtor has all the access to all the properties you want to see. Which you can still see. shop around for for all those things. But mm -hmm. to have a trusted reference makes your life a little bit easier. Exactly. So trust the first step, sure. which is the realtor. Sure. You know? Who's an uh, inspection company? Yeah. Just do you have someone that you use? 
Okay, the last thing I wanted to ask you, was there anything that you didn't get to express or share or you wish I would have asked you? I mean, I like just listening to you talk. I, if, if I could <laughs> ask more questions to you. Do you have any more questions for me? We have eight minutes. Do we? Yes, and then I have to go to the lovely BMV. Hmm. Okay, I have a question for you. Are you glad you did it? Oh, 100%. For many reasons, um, financially, we were in the right place, mentally, emotionally, financially, again. Um, and I I feel so happy, fortunate, lucky, watched over by God that we got turned down for all we did and we got what we did. It's not perfect. It's a fixer-upper. We're officially saying that. But it has so much potential and we love it. I never thought I would use the L word because mm. we've been chewed out and spit up by this market and our experience in this whole thing. So well, it's I nice is so now lucky. you can have that emotional attachment to something. Yes. You know, that's a good now release that, now for me. Now that you me. close it, now you can and you do. You have way more of an emotional attachment to a house that you own yes. than to an apartment that you're in. Mm -hmm. And especially because you did a lot of the work to it. Too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know it even more. Yep. Okay, let me ask you another question. Do you ever think about all the houses that you could have maybe got instead? Maybe we shouldn't have bought this one. Maybe we could have waited yeah. and maybe a better one would have came to market. Nope, not at all. Really? Uh, no, no. Because I do that, but you didn't. We, no. We, we got a good reality check of like, hey, if you guys get a house, you're lucky. So I think that kind of, like you said, lowered our expectations. So getting this one... Uh, we felt lucky, but the huge bonus with this one is I love everything about it and I mm -hmm. still cannot believe I'm saying that. The location, the property piece itself, it's in a cul-de-sac, so mm -hmm. no, I do not daydream about any other house. Um, honestly, I had like a analysis paralysis in this experience prior to working with you, like the first time of looking at my homes who, or my homes, my friends who live in Noblesville, Carmel, Fishers, who have the marble countertops sure. and the nice flooring and the white walls and the beautiful staircases. And I thought, oh my God, we'll never afford something like that. And we don't have mm -hmm. any of that stuff. And I love our house so much. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm so glad you did this. Thank you so much. If I'm an interested buyer or looking for a home, how can I contact you as a realtor? Well, I'm glad you asked. I have my own website. Fantastic. LeviCromer.com. That's L-E-V-I-C-R-O-M-E-R.com. Mm -hmm. Hey, you made it to the end. Way to go. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, especially since we decided to podcast outside. So the audio was a little different, but what a great experience. And I'm so, again, thankful to Levi. Now, here are the bloopers as promised. I haven't done an in-person interview in so long. I don't remember the last one I did, honestly. So I'm looking up right now, like, how do I adjust the controls? Mm. Such an honor. <laughs> I think it's just cut the whole thing. <laughs> Fine. Oh fine. my god, we're gonna need to cut it. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, get ready to burp again. <laughs> all right, so put these on. Can you send it to me before you air it? No. What? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Is that why you made me sign the form? <laughs> I signed all my rights away. Uh, when I first started podcasting, I wondered that. I was like, oh my god, how am I gonna send these large files to people so they can listen to it and approve it? 
And then I asked one of my like mentors in this world and they were like, you don't have to do that. And it's better if you don't because you as the editor, and I'll give myself credit at this point in this journey, I know what makes a good story. I know Uh what to cut out. People specifically ask me to cut things. Like I interviewed this one person, they text me like two days later and I'm like, hey, I mentioned my ex-boyfriend, cut that out. Totally cool. You will overthink it. Um, You will find things wrong with it because it's you and your voice. You know, I just I used to find myself saying, like, ah, for sure, you know. <laughs> and that's the stuff I'll cut out. All right. Okay, last time you're going to hear from me. Let it be known that I did let Levi have the opportunity to hear it before it went live. I'm not a ruthless host. If that's what you need to make you a little bit more comfortable, I'm here for it. It's your story. You're facing fear moments. So at the end of the day, whatever I can do to make it the best experience possible for my guests, I will do. All right officially goodbye peace out have a great week see you next time you made it to the end of the episode so i'm gonna give you a little surprise i was recently published in the wildfire magazine it is the first and only publication for and by those who are too young to be affected by breast cancer And you can go get this issue at a discount. So visit wildfirecommunity.org and use code wildfire15 or even better, use the link in my social media, in the show notes today. And if you use that particular link and the code, you can not only save yourself money, but you can also earn me a little bit of money as I get a kickback from every purchase used under Sarah's link. So go check it out in the show notes. The issue is themed the new normal and This is relatable for anybody who's been through some kind of storm in life and is trying to figure out who they are and who and what and how and why life goes on afterwards. So check it out. Go visit wildfirecommunity.org. Use code wildfire15 to save on your version of a print or digital copy of the latest issue called The New Normal. Thank you so, so much for your support.